Blog Talk Radio. This is MMA Fight Music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Cage Side Submission with Steve Reichel and Rachel Blaze. I call to all You know it's fucking rockets And I'm busting through the door Breaking through the ceiling And I'm opening up the floor Make you split your head When you bang against the wall Blazing full fury From a sight unseen Flipping on the podcast Central time three Throwing up a chunk For a breeding frenzy It's a fucking fest The waters of this every easy Time to lay the smack down Lay it on your back now Focus on that moment When you bashing this around town Competition tries to stay up For the last round But we still a finish And we soaking up the live crowd Turn it up loud, and make us all proud. Anyone who brought up, yeah, we leave them all up in the ground. Down low, cause it's hanging all up in the cloud. Cage like some missions, gonna hit you like plow, like plow. So listen up, for the next two hours, two hours. It's MMA, we're bumping power. Now can you see, turn up the volume. You lacking this, I don't like game, and I just solved your problem. I'm doing much better. I, I don't look like uh, Rory <laughs> McDonald if he got beat up by freaking uh, <laughs> Robbie Lawler. By everybody? <laughs> I yeah, sent you man. the picture, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, I know. I felt so bad for you. I'm, like, really allergic to poison ivy, too, so I, like, feel your pain. <laughs> I mean, I would have tried, but, like, dude, like, like my face was swallowed up, my hands were swollen. I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. Oh my god! How long did it take for it to go away? Um, I didn't. I think like that. Finally, like two days ago, I had. A, I, I was able to stop taking like Benadryl. Well, the worst part about it is, uh, I had the the Eagles practice to go to. Then I had a preseason game that I went to. Then I had another one, uh, another Eagles practice that I had tickets to. So I had to do all that, all covered in poison ivy, all being swollen. It was fun. Let me tell you. Oh man, uh, that's rough. <laughs> but I mean, compared to other things that have been going on in, in the MMA world, like I, I think uh, that's just you know kind of irrelevant. I mean, um, we had the whole situation where what was going on with uh, Ravelo's diner and uh, you know our, our favorite uh, MMA manager to talk about, Mr. Ali. 
Um, you know what? So I didn't even know. I didn't see that. I like saw people talking about it, but I like didn't. I didn't know right, what exactly right, down, went please. down. So yeah. So you me. know that that he that he's he's a, a bar in this Jersey area. He 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 brings fighters in for for mm-hmm. um like fight nights, and they do autograph signings. They do all kinds of stuff. So. A bunch of these fighters that goes there, he buys the cardboard cutouts and he has them sign it. So I guess because he's still doing these promos and he's got these cardboard cutouts, and I guess Ali felt some type of way about it because you know um, he hadn't had one of Ali's guys there in a while, and you know um, the, you know he just had Chris Cyborg there uh, for the last pay per view, and the next one was going to be Brian Ortega. Obviously, there's kind of a little sore thumb there, considering what Ortega just did to Frank Yeager, correct? So I guess mm-hmm. he started the, the two started exchanging text messages, and Ali was being Ali, man. They're saying that he's got this shitty ass bar that needs to stop using uh, Frankie's likeness and stuff like that. Now, first and foremost, he has no discrepancy there because it's a cardboard cutout they purchased. Yeah, there's no likeness issue there. I'm allowed to go buy a fight a fight poster and have it in the background. Doesn't matter if uh, if we're shooting a video for cage size submissions or anything like that. The only time you're doing mm-hmm. it is if you're doing it something publicly for kind of, you know like if he was doing um, a thing that was going to be airing on television. There's a different story. If you're doing it for a commercial like that, there's a different story. Right. If he's just doing it for his his little videos on social, you're allowed to do that. He purchased it. Doesn't matter. It's done and over. Mm-hmm. With. Right. So, so. You know, I guess you know he felt some type of way about it, and he went on social media called it out. I mean, bravo to him too for for the uh, for for the, the the Ali mask that looked exactly like Ali. I wanted to know how he pulled that one off. I gotta ask him that one day. <laughs> <laughs> um. But that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. And the worst thing about it is we we don't have a shortage of MMA topics to talk about, and there's no UFC fight for, what, another two weeks, right? I think it's two weeks. I know, I know. Next week? Maybe and next we weekend, haven't even but... gotten into the nasty part about it, which I'm, I'm really about to lose it because, you know, um, I'm not just going to get into it now. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, you know, uh, you know, me or both, you know, good friends with uh, Eric Kawa over there at MMA News. He made some announcements mm-hmm. uh, a few days ago that he had some, some, you know, earth-shattering news about uh, uh, domestic violence with one of our, uh, you know, uh, U- uh, female UFC fighters there. And uh, you know, it comes out that uh, Andrea Lee has been going through some issues with uh, Donnie Aaron. We already know this whole situation with the whole. Uh, Nazi tattoo, and if you've read any any of that article, it is utterly freaking disgusting. And then mm-hmm. to top off the, the whole thing that she's going through, MMA Twitter, you are absolutely disgusting. Is one of the reasons why I just I, I just have turned away from Twitter almost completely. I'm almost never on it anymore. It's because the nonsense that coming out of some of these fans is not just some of these newbies that are just run, that that has just blown on the scene with these Conor McGregor people, but some of these people, some of these accounts, I've been following for more than a handful of years. Just sitting there going, "Oh, you let Andrea Lee let her daughter down by by allowing this situation to continue to happen." Andy Lee should be ashamed of herself that she didn't put an end to this. How freaking dare you, people? Are you freaking kidding me? My mother was, was was somebody who dealt with domestic violence. I seen my father father do some things. I tried to stop my father when I was fucking six years old. Excuse my language. I don't care if you bleep me out or whatever. 
I'm freaking hot about this. I don't care. It is freaking nuts. I mean, I, I I know you don't get on as much because you know everything that you do, but but you know you know what I've seen over over the past 24 hours with with what came out, people's responses, some of the things that people are saying, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Absolutely ashamed. All right, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, people, people will talk, people, nobody would say that to anyone else's face. Like, if, when you're behind a keyboard, it's way easier to be an idiot than if you were, like, face-to-face with somebody. Like, come on, people need to think before they type. Think about, I, I would wish there was, like, a thing that was, like, would you ever say this to this person's face? Yes? Then you could go ahead and type it out. If no, then you can't. <laughs> Like, there should be a rule. Like, if you're not willing to say this in person, you're just going to be like a keyboard warrior back there, then just keep mouth shut. I mean, it's just nuts. It's, it's absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. Especially with such a, oh, a difficult situation. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I was, you know, I kept my composure enough to not to snap out on some people. I just made a general, general post calling them plot waffles. But that's besides the point. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. do, do you really think that 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 Andy Wynn was just was just oh blind like eh whatever? It's just a normal thing. Go read the fucking police mm-hmm. report, man. Seriously, stop that stuff. Oh my yeah. god. <sighs> and then oh oh the, uh, since, since I'm ranting. I got. I got. I got. I got to mention this one. Did, did you happen to see any of uh, Ariel Chael show from this week? No, I didn't watch it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What they of doing? Most of us does it. Most of us have it. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't usually Gino watch it. Gina was this thing uh, 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 that Gina Carano should be in the UFC Hall of Fame because of her pioneership to what is uh, women's mixed martial arts. It's Ariel, not an MMA please. Hall of Fame. It's the UFC Stop. Hall of exactly. Fame. Exactly. Exactly. Now, if the UFC just drops the, the the whole UFC name off it and just say MMA Hall of Fame altogether, that they kind of control and they yeah. have some kind of committee That's that brings different. in outside outside of outside options that weren't in the UFC to kind of come into some type of collective agreement, right? <laughs> Yeah, that would but make more sense. But that's not what it is. It, is, not, it clearly yeah, exactly. says UFC Hall of Fame. Now there should be should be there some type of non UFC contributors wing. I absolutely agree. There should be something like that, but there isn't. Mm-hmm. There isn't no format to it or anything like that. So I do not want to hear about it. Ariel, please stop. Shut up. You're making yourself look 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 more like like you know like like some of these you know fans that are just saying stupid stuff on social media. Are you kidding me? Ariel, I love you. you. You're, you're, you know, one of the be- quote unquote, you know, the best reporter in MMA media today. Stop, stop it. I love, I love Gina Carano more than more than most. You know, I, I've made cases where where she mentally beat herself in that cyborg fight where she had cyborg in trouble, got freaked out about about, about uh, you know, uh, Chris going for that leg, so she stood up and she had Chris in full mount. But guess what? That's not how it played out. Gina is is a very very big part of how it blew up. There probably would not be a Ronda Rousey. There probably would not be a Rose Nam Nam if it wasn't for people like Chris and Gina and, and Tara Larosa and Roxanne Matafara. All these ladies who came there and, and kept the sport, uh, you know, the, the part of 
women's mixed martial arts alive until it got to this main stage. Gina plays a part in it. It's just not the UFC aspect of it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that's true. I mean, they could they could do like what you said, like a um, like well, a contributor like wing, like to the sport. I think they do have you know, like somebody like that, something like that. Where, like, they people have like, that have like helped out. Wing type, type thing, like, 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 like what they yeah. did with um, Art Davey. And, 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 yeah, exactly. and you know, how, how you got the guy from Tap Out, you got Max Lewis in there. That, you could do that, but it's, I don't think you would want to categorize her as that, as a contributor wing. Because she didn't actually contribute right. to the UFC. Again, it would have to say MMA contributor. Right. Unless Gina just yeah. steps us all up, takes a fight in the UFC, and then we have to put her in. <laughs> and then I could just sit there and say, well, Imagine. I'll <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they're looking for someone for, for a cyborg, right? Have Gina Carano come out of retirement for one fight. Let's, let's, let's just have some fun, right? We're, I mean, we're looking for, it seems like it's they're looking the trend for a trend nowadays. Right? She, she doesn't want to wait for for Amanda Nunes. I know that you know we yeah, we right. had some people we have some people on there who, who I think definitely deserve it. But as far as the way the UFC looks at it, you might as well, right? Screw it. Maybe maybe <laughs> Cyborg will fight her contract out, and then she'll she'll sign over with um what uh, um Oscar De La Hoya's thing, and then we could have like Cyborg, uh, <laughs> Toronto, Chuck yes, uh, yes, Liddell, yes. Tito, any, anyone, else, anyone else that wants to come out of retirement, I'll, I'll shove them on one car and call it the, the, the throwback car or something like that, vintage MMA. <laughs> hey, man. It, 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 it's hey, that's definitely not something I would be against. I mean, no, people we're would watch at, uh, it. I think they would. Oh, absolutely. As much they as, would. like, we, you know, we get scared when some of these veterans uh, come out of retirement and whatnot, but I mean, so we it's, it. it's something we have to have some fun with. Yeah. You know, and I mean, then, you're oh, willing wait, to do there's it. this other part. I got to get your opinion on this. I forgot to ask you about it when I was going through my rant stage. Did you see oh, the uh, the video of Khabib, uh, you know, paying people to do push-ups, uh, uh, you know, uh, homeless people to do push-ups and, like, laughing at them and whatnot, clowning on them? Yes, I did see that. Um, so now, I mean, it, it could now, be like a how you feel about the title fight that's coming up. I got to ask you: Does seeing something like that sway your opinion to want to see Conor win that fight now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think. I mean, if he's not a good person, whatever. I mean, I still, I still feel the way I feel. But like, I don't know. I mean, it could be like a cultural thing. Like, I'm not saying it's right in any sense of what he did was not right at all, but, like, there could be, like, a, a misunderstanding of, like, what's right and what's wrong in, in each culture. Like, you know, things, you can get away with things other places that you really can't get away with here. So, I mean, I give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he, like, didn't realize it, although being a person, you should should be able to know what's, what that's wrong, but I mean, I'm just giving the benefit of the doubt, I guess. But, uh, yeah, Connor and Khabib sitting in a tree. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't really <laughs> spoken true. since that fight was announced either. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm not surprised that it's not happening in New York, that's for sure. But, yeah. I mean, they're but saying, like, this is the biggest fight ever. Do you think it's really going to be the biggest fight ever, like the biggest draw ever? I don't know. I feel like maybe 
maybe Connor's at the point now where he's he's going to be like the biggest draw no matter what, and each fight he has is going to be bigger and bigger than the last. But I mean, I mean, I guess we have been waiting a long time for the see these two matched up and, you know, Khabib has never lost and all that. But I feel like people wanted to see the the, the second Nadia's fight, like, just as much or not, if not more. So. Yeah, but then here's the other side of it. Did you hear about the whole Jordan Burgos thing? Um, No. I don't think so. So apparently he was uh, he made some post that he was going to go out there and and train and help help, uh, help Connor right. Wait, and, uh, I did see that. And wasn't even there two days. Already went home. Apparently there was some type of incident with him and another training partner, uh, kind of showing him off. And there was a rumor that he was dropped and possibly knocked out. That he packed up, left him. Went somewhere else and went to some other MMA camp to continue to uh, train. So I guess Burgos has an MMA future. One, two. Is SBG really that douchey? Probably. I mean, I would. I could see them. Connor could do no wrong. Obviously. I mean, you get to the point. Yeah, you came up together and you, you you've been training him for years and years and years. But it comes to a point where he get he's gotten so big that I'm sure they're afraid to lose him. Not like it's not. I don't think he ever would leave. But you know, you get to the point where he this is your main guy, this is your main money maker, and you're maybe afraid to lose him. You kind of like let the rules fly a little bit, you know. Just like any anybody that's like around a celebrity, they get whatever they want. And if Connor's like you know misbehaving during sparring sessions, not like we haven't seen him. Uh, throw some other training partners under the bus when he was like training for Floyd May- Mayweather and all that. People might not want to go there anymore and train with him. Yeah, it's getting it's getting dicey. But, so, I mean, I, mean, I, I think uh, still will people that will go there just because he is Conor McGregor and they can say like I trained him. I you know I was his sparring partner for this fight and it's like their little 15 minutes of fame. So people will continue to line up, but I don't think that they're going to be treated the way they want. When they're there. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's the way you go about it, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> I don't think Connor's going anywhere either, yeah. but it's still, it, it's uh, it's not a good precedent to set. Right. But um. What about uh, Demetrius Johnson you- losing? We didn't talk about that yet. Were you surprised? Yeah, yeah, we missed last week, so I guess I guess we gotta we, we gotta touch on that. I mean, uh, close split decision, loses the yeah, title. Yeah, so weird. Kind of so weird. I mean, typically a a close decision like that will go to the champion. Like, it's very odd that it went the other way. And I think that the UFC. I mean. There's there's also there's always like that thought in the back of your head or at least in my head that like it's a little bit mixed a little bit like there's you know people have their opinions and you know the UFC wanted I think they wanted Demetrius Johnson out it, it opens up that division supposedly it opens up that division because now they're talking about Henry Cejudo fighting T J Dillashaw which I do not agree with at all so but you finally get to meet. Demetrius Johnson out of there, like, it opens this division up to, like, some new contenders, you know, Joseph Benavidez can have another shot, um, Sergio Pettis is coming up, a bunch of different guys, so 
So that could be like a little bit of a reason why, but I was I was very surprised that it was such a close decision and it did not go Johnson's way. Yeah. I mean, something I like had that like feeling in my gut before they fought it. I was like, I think that Henry Cejudo could pull it off, but I I thought he would do it differently. I thought he was gonna like lay on top of him the whole time, you know, do whatever. But I so I wasn't like completely surprised. But I would, yeah, I was surprised the way the way it went down. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely wasn't a fan of uh, of that whole thing. Do not want to see uh, Cejudo and TJ Dillashaw. It makes absolutely no, no, no sense. I mean, no. you can you can uh, you know you can make arguments about a lot of things. We don't do not need to see that fight. It you know it's uh, like I said. You know, TJ just you know kind of got back on top of it. I'd like to see him uh, with Dominic Cruz. It'll be interesting to see how that works, considering that was the TJ's last last loss. So. And Cejudo obviously like just won the title. Fight, Let's though. at least get one title defense under under his belt before we before we start moving along yeah. down that line. Mhm. Yeah, especially because it opens this division up so much. It's like finally exciting again. Not to say, not to say, Eileen Jimmy Johnson was great. Obviously, he's the one of the greatest of all times. So, but having a champion being so dominant can make the division somewhat boring. So at least now it's like. Finally, we get some new blood in there. Maybe the, maybe it'll be like um, kind of like the Ronda Rousey thing. When she lost her title, it kind of jumped around for a little bit. So I think that we could see that. And, and I always think that's exciting. Like, you know, I like to hear end new every once in a while, you know. You know, someone runs away with that belt for fight after fight after fight after fight. Yeah, I mean, you can respect them and they're a great champion. But for, like, excitement purposes, changing hands is, is where it's at. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's other fights to make. We don't need to see this freaking nonsense. Let's be honest. Come on. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like we're we're they're they're grasping to try try to get 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 something they they think that will that will make money and draw, and it's just no. It's too much with the super fights. Like now, it's like how many champions are going to be dual champions now? It's almost every division. It's like oh, I'm going to go up. I'm going to go down. I'm going to take all these belts. Now they have heavyweight and light heavyweight tied up. For a while, Connor had both. You know, it's like, why? You don't have enough. You don't have enough champions to go around as it is. You're like decreasing the amount of champions you have. Like, how many interim belts did they make up just on the fly so they can have a champion headline a pay per view? And before you know it, they'll probably make a new division. They'll make the 165 or something like that, just so they can make another champion. When they when they run out of champions, they have a card, a pay per view card in January that has no headliners, and they'll be like, oh, actually, poof, we made a new one. <laughs> you get a belt. You get a belt. You get a belt. Hey, let's just. I told you, man. You, you need to make them silver and smaller. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Then nobody will want them. This is not the real thing. Yeah, we all want the real thing. Sometimes they're just gonna have to sit out and and, and wait for for these guys to get healthy, man. You 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 make these fights. You, sometimes these things happen. Now, once we talk six months a year and we're still waiting, yes. 
obviously, you have to do something at that point. But, I mean, come on. But it's just for the sake of having a title fight on the pay-per-view. Like, either you're having too many fight cards, too many pay-per-views that need a title at, um, on the line, or you have a pay-per-view that doesn't have a title on the line and just have, like, fills with great fights. Like, right now, the New York card, I don't think there's no title. I mean, there's no main event for that card. And it's like, who's available? What champions are available? Or do you just make, like, a crazy fight, like, you know, Anderson Silva versus GSP or something like that, and could that headline, even if it's not for a title? Not that I'm saying I think they're going to do that, but just, you know, something like that, like a big fight just as a headliner without a title, I don't think they're going to do it. So then you become, you could become, like, grasping at straws here, trying to figure out, like, which champion will be available to fill in. And then there's also certain champions that they they won't have headline a pay per view anyway. Like Demetrius Johnson was one of them. They probably won't headline a pay per view. Um, I don't think Rose Namajunas at this point they would have headlining a pay per view. They might. They definitely would have a co uh, co main event. But I mean, they they uh, for UFC 200 they didn't want the women's fight as the main event, but it turned out it did. You know, so I mean, you guys take what you can get, but having. Having the need for a title fight on as a main event for all these cards is like ridiculous. A lot of the, the cards recently is, like didn't, it? didn't sell as isn't much the as they wanted anyway. Anymore? So. I mean, we love the sport. Let's be honest. We love the sport. We love the athletes. You know, the the the, the joy they bring to us in in so many different ways. But it's just like <sighs> ridiculous. I mean, you know, the, the the stuff that's going on. The you know, uh, with the uh, the, you know, the potential of the union, you know, you just see guys who just became eligible off off of uh, USADA um, suspension and are immediately released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they find so many people from the Dana White Contender Series that you know people are going to have to go. Yeah, but then how long will those people stick around? I don't know. I mean, I mean, look at PFL's doing it. Look at how everyone's speaking about them. We're about, we're just, you know, we're about a, a minute or a few minutes or so away from talking to Joe at Cotton here. But you know, you know, from what everyone, is, from what we're hearing, from not only the people who are winning, but also the people who, you know, maybe have to fare so well, but just talking about the overall treatment and how everything's going. Period. I mean, uh, uh, you know, maybe the numbers don't support it, but as far as what the fighters are talking about. Uh, PFL this season is, is, is a home run, right? Yeah, I think so. Everybody seems happy with it. Fans are happy watching. Fighters are happy that they're getting a chance to make their fighting speak for itself. You know, it's not a popularity contest. And that's I think that's the main thing that we've been hearing from everybody. Finally, it's not a popularity contest. You know, the best moves on. If you didn't make the cut, you didn't make the cut. Hey man, it's uh, it, it, this is the exciting part. We're getting to the playoffs. Uh, you know, t- tomorrow night we're gonna we're gonna start seeing some uh, s- you know, some some finalization to see how uh, the rest of the uh, the series is gonna go and and how everything's gonna play out. Like, who who are you looking at right now? Like, like uh, I know you know both uh, you know featherweight. Everyone's looking at uh, at, at Harrison heavyweight. You know. Uh, Tiller looks like the guy. Tiller looks like the guy who who might kind of uh, sneak in and take it all. And light heavyweight, is, I think, is the one that's kind of up in the air. What do you think? 
Um, I thought middleweight was this time around, wasn't it? But anyway, for for I was surprised with uh, Eddie Gordon in the middleweight. That's what I was looking at because he's like kind of on the outside looking in. So well, I was no, hoping that he'd they, get they, like, they, a they, good no, first round knockout. Yeah, he was a middleweight, but they did he did this one. Oh, he's heavy. a light heavyweight for this one. All right, so then I was confused. But yeah, I was he's like he's like right outside the cut line. I think right now he needs like a big like first round finish or something like that to move on. So I always have my eye on him because he's a good friend of mine. So. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, uh, it's the one thing I, I guess you could be kind of excited about is just the the potential what this brings and you know what you know. Like I said, it, it hasn't been a, a numbers killer so to speak, but uh, I, I mean the, the the fighters have just had the glowing shit about it. Mhm. And you know we also have. Uh, we have Invicta coming up, you know, was it, uh, the 31st, isn't it? Isn't it the 31st? Uh, possibly. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to that. They got, um, yeah, the, um, Pro Gonzalez is going to be on that one. That should be fun. Yeah, Invicta's always a good time. <laughs> You going nuts with the uh, the the downtime though? With no fights? Yeah. Yeah, no. It's good to have a break every once in a while. I've been I've been busy with my kids anyway all summer, so I'm like less. Although there's plenty <laughs> of news to write about, it's not like without a fight going on, there's plenty of still to write about. But like you know, <laughs> I've taken a little break from that. It's not such a big deal, you know, Connor. Connor sneezes, we get to write it up, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, he does. He he sneezes and uh, and and we, we get something right. Like I said, it's you on know, TMZ. Uh, between... <laughs> what happened? He said Connor sneezes. Well, no, actually, there's there one, one more thing before we get Josette on. Uh, Dana White uh, said, uh, you know, uh, something about it. Well, I guess uh, something to the effect that I guess uh, Stipe basically saying that that. You know, we never treated him right, and we disrespected him, and I wholeheartedly agree with Stipe. The fact they brought Brock Lesnar out cage and didn't even interview Stipe, he's not even entertained for a, a, a rematch when he's arguably the best heavyweight champion they ever had. It is disrespect, isn't it? Yeah. Not? Yes, I think absolutely it's disrespected. He, he should absolutely, I think he should get a rematch, an immediate rematch if he wanted it. I know you don't I, like media rematches, but oh, all right. Yeah, but they 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 give him to undeserving people. What? Why should should he not get one? I mean, come on. Look look at the guy mm-hmm. he's beaten too. Yeah, I know. It's all about the money. All about the dollars. You know, Dana Cormier will wait for uh, Brock Lesnar, obviously, because it's a big fight. I mean, you know, he he over him. I mean, he's beaten the, he's beaten some some of the better guys that they've had. There's only the last time he lost was like his I think it's like his second or third fight in the UFC. Oh, come on. Mhm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they definitely should be giving him another shot. Yeah. But I, I'm going to get. Uh, the Jizz- yeah, I'm going to go get Jizz- okay. Jizz- call here. So. All right. Halcyon float, Philly's only float spa. Floating is a relaxation and therapeutic technique that uses sensory deprivation to achieve a deepened meditative state. Halcyon special isolation tanks will make you feel as if you are literally floating. Located at 209 West Girard Avenue in Philadelphia. Open Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 10. Saturday, 8 to 10. Sunday, 8 to 8. For more information, visit Halcyon Floats on Facebook. Or call 215-279-7607. Halcyon Floats. Philadelphia's only float spa. Well, that went right to voicemail, so let's give her a few minutes. Maybe, uh, you know, she did okay. have wait, made wait today, so let's just give her a minute here. Okay. Gotta love it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, never fails. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only she wanted to do it. I was hit. We were talking earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Because we were, yeah. um, huh? what was it, Corey was tweeting something about she didn't like uh, ketchup potato chips, and she's like, the streets are lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Funny. Uh, gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um no. what oh we didn't did we talk about Nate Diaz at all since last week? What do you think about no, his little tantrum at Mr. the Nathan at Diaz. the press conference? His little temper tantrum. Oh well no, <laughs> you gotta miss it. Like come on man. You knew that was I know. Come. I, I mean, you don't I give him you don't give him the fight yeah. and, uh, he knew he, he he they sent him there with the impression he was getting something that, that he that he that that he didn't get. Come on, you know that. No, he's just mad because they were like overshadowed his moment with Connor stuff. He's tired of living in kind of Connor's shadow and all this other stuff. He's not respected by the UFC, so now he's like, he's not gonna fight. Like, is he really not gonna fight, or is he gonna fight? It's so funny. I I I love it. I love any Nadia's drama there is. <laughs> There is there there isn't a uh, an MMA uh, <laughs> an MMA show without a little Diaz drama, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, his brother and, uh, isn't looking any good. You know, the, the the one thing I was uh, I was kind of talking about when we when the 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 reports were first issued was there was no that you know that that major bodily damage thing wasn't there, and I guess they kind of amended it. And it is there now, so that that's that's not good for Mr. Diaz. No. Yeah, but I, I didn't think he was planning on coming back anyway. Like he had planned to come back, but is he actually gonna come back? I don't think so. Unless he was getting a fight with like Connor or I mean he couldn't fight Connor anyway, but like you know, something of that level, like G S P he wanted or something like that. Like come on. Yeah, it's uh, it's dangerous. I mean, 
uh, I, I think there's a real possibility now. I think uh, DS fans need to wrap their head around this that you're never going to see either one of those two in the, in the cage for, for <laughs> at least in the UFC cage for some time. I mean, if Nate, Nate Diaz agreed to that fight with Dustin Poirier for some reason, like he's been waiting and waiting and waiting all this time, like he just he just wanted Connor, and then you know no fight less than Connor or GSP or something like that, or like a big money fight, or then nothing less than like twenty million or something like that. He had like all these demands, and then all of a sudden like he agrees to Dustin Poirier. Like why? To me, that didn't make any sense at all. Like from a fan standpoint, yeah, it's a fun fight. Like I was excited when they announced it. I was like, oh yeah, that's good. But like. On his side, like why, like, why put up such a fuss for so long and then agree to a fight with Dustin Poirier when there was all these rumors that Conor was coming back anyway? So, like, you would think that he would have held out for that had he not known that he was gonna, they were going to set Conor up with Khabib already. Like, you would think he would just, like, wait. And then and then they'd announce that Conor is fighting Khabib and, and Nate Diaz wants nothing to do with it anymore. He's not fighting anymore. So, like, what, what was the turning point to make him agree in the first place? That's what I would love to ask him. I don't know, maybe, you know, I, I, I'm thinking there's, he didn't know that he was on, on that one with Connor. There's no way. Like I said, so by the way he responded, I guess he was probably. No, he's that not. He, was he wasn't on the card with Connor. They were, they're fighting in New York. Nate Diaz but, but and Dustin Poirier. So he wasn't even on the card. But, but yeah. also, Nate also needs to realize that, that that's what they do, that, that when they do that press conference, they throw a bunch of them together. I don't know. He's it's never awful. happy until he gets what he wants. So. It seems like more and more <laughs> fighters are being like that, though. They're not going to be happy until they get what they want anyway. So, I mean, can't make everybody happy. Yeah, you definitely can't make everyone happy. You know, we there's there's a lot of different things going on, you know? Yeah. The uh mm-hmm. oh that, that that football show we were supposed to do got killed because of the dude the freaking weirdo. <laughs> Wait what? Oh really? Remember, well, so, oh, yeah, we were, it was supposed to be yesterday, but oh man, like, uh, <laughs> well, we're, uh, me and the guy Matt, we're gonna hook up at at a later date. We're just gonna have to postpone uh that whole that whole thing. We were trying to link up with that the, the Eagles Nest guy, and he's just freaking nuts, man. I was going through, uh, uh-huh. like, because he, he added me on the Twitter account, and he's, like, literally, like, begging these fuck, these freaking athletes for freaking autographs and this, that, and the third. I'm like, dude, you cannot do that. I'm like, look, you want to do that uh-huh. on your personal account, man? Go right ahead. But, I mean, we sat there and talked to him about this for the better part of a month, and he just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And it was just like me and Matt got to the point where we were just like, listen, me and you were cool, but <laughs> – <laughs> it is what yeah. it is. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't make somebody be someone they're not. It is what it is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cry over spilled milk. We'll we'll eventually get get it going. I just you know, um, Matt's gonna continue to uh, begin his certification as a as a as an NFL scout. And I guess uh, me, uh, me, between me and him, we'll continue to market the build build this thing up the proper way. I just killed it. We'll, we'll you know hopefully hopefully. Sometime during the season, we'll get to launch it. Other than that, it's just it's on hold right now. I, I want it done right because also what I'm trying to do is uh, we're going to get a video guy for the football show, but I also want to get him sit- situated to help us over here in Cage Side Submissions. Okay, that's cool. So, 
that's it, it this is all part of a thing like I got, like I said it kind of just got <laughs> got uh put on hold because of the whole you know the whole situation with with Josh and you know, I hope he I, I hope he finds a way to situate himself and, and and get a hold of one things because you know he's got a lot more problems than just what I was discussing you know I was trying to help him out and I couldn't even do that so I don't even know what to, what to say you know it is what it is now <laughs> <laughs> you never know people you meet on the internet. <laughs> well, no, like you know, me, crazy. you know, we talking and and been been planning on this for a while. It's just you know, it just proceedingly got worse and worse and worse. So, you know, you know we didn't know each other that well before we started this show up, and I think you got lucky. Yeah, that I'm but not I think a if you crazy remember, <laughs> we were talk, we, if you remember correctly, before we connected on Facebook, we were loosely talking before, and that was when I just had yeah. the website. It was, it, you know, yeah. when I had the website going and looking looking about that, and it didn't work, and then, you know, the timing of you sending me the friends request and, and reaching out and all, and just kind of worked out and thing to the point where, yeah. you know, we're here now. Like sometimes social media can proof. be for good things, and sometimes it could be for destructive things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, don't know what's going what's going on with her. You know, just you know, still not getting any response. So I guess we'll just talk yeah. about the fight in general. Like you know, you know, Josette Cotton was definitely going to be a fun interview. You know, uh, yeah. Actually, the funny thing is that she went to try out for tough. You went to that whole dinner with Chris Cyborg. People forget that uh-huh. her and Chris Cyborg were having words a few years ago, and Chris actually blocked her. <clears throat> so I wanted to talk about how that whole situation went with with her going to that dinner, uh, them actually taking a picture afterwards. I don't know if there was a situation uh-huh. where that ever got, got situated or not. But there's there's some some fun stuff like, you know, um, she's she she's a she's a handful, man. I love, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I know a lot of people hate. Uh, didn't really care for it too much because you know her her kind of big splash on the scene was a short notice fight for Bellator. I think she fought Crystal Lawson and like she was just uh, massively overweight again. Really short notice fight. She probably could have did a better job of situating that, but. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? No? Yeah, and um, taking on you know they they're building Kayla Harrison up as like the next. You know, it thing, and you know, her fighting at 155. Gold medal. She's a two-time gold medal judo Olympian. Right. But I don't know. I don't know if that really. I mean, obviously, that that means a lot, you know. But in terms of MMA, like people that are that one-sided anymore, I don't think it can really have the effect it did, like say when Ronda Rousey first came over, like. She she was just dominating people armbar after armbar after armbar. But like the minute somebody figured out like what her weaknesses was, it was down, like she was destroyed after that. Like you know, I think you need to be you need to be more well rounded now than ever. You know, look at the champions. I mean, other than like those that are really profound in wrestling or something like that, but you really need to be more well rounded than any than any other time in mixed martial arts history right now. I mean, she need, but also you have to remember, Kayla's been working on this for close to three years. You know, it's kind of the same situation what, what we're talking about with uh, Amanda Serrano, except she kind of has, uh, Kayla has a, a, a better base for, for, for MMA, if you ask me. You know, superior mm-hmm. boxing is, is great, but, you know, 
This is a, this is a game of inches, and if you can close the distance and not really be able to get those punches off, that boxing isn't going to mean that much. So, but um, you know, she looked really good against uh, <clears throat> against uh, Elkin and and, Brit- and Brittany's, you know, one of these long lean lean girls, and she was able to do her thing against her. Josette's got a got a got a tough task ahead of her, but she's a bulldog, man. If, if she's able to. Uh, to, to 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 you know out out muscle her and be able to keep the fight standing. I don't know, man. She she she's just as capable of, of winning this fight as, as Kayla Harrison is. But it's such an awkward weight division. Like I, I hate to say this, but like that, I don't think UFC, the UFC is ever going to add anything higher than 145. They might not even keep 145 around. Bellator maybe would do it, you know. I think Kayla Harrison being at 155 is probably like the best advocate for, you know, for the higher up weights because she, you know, she has a name behind her and people like her and all this other stuff. But like, like I don't know. I don't know if it's possible to go down or not, but it's like a very awkward situation there. Like even PFL, like what they're just not even like she's just setting people up with just her. It's kind of weird. Yeah, they don't have a division, but yeah, it is just just her. But like again, you know, she she hasn't really gotten to the point where she was she's able to get down to to anything below 155. So it's it's kind of rough. Right. And then I know. you know, I mean, ideally, she's probably you know one of these girls that over the next few years you would like to see um, um, test Chris Cyborg before she she retires. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, regardless I mean, of, uh, you know, the way people feel that they want that Ronda fight, I still, even though we haven't really seen the body of work of Kayla like we have seen of Ronda's, I mean, you got to think of her being that much better of a of a Judica with, with, you know, the management team and, and the people she's working with. You got to think that, you know, she really has a, a high ceiling as far as potential goes. I, yeah, absolutely. As long as she doesn't get carried away, like I think Rhonda's downfall was like thinking that she was a better striker than she really was. Like, you need to have coaches that will like let you know, like, hey, just stick with what you're good at. Like, look at Neiman Gracie. He he blatantly said, like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take your back and I'm gonna choke you out. You know what I'm coming for? And people still can't stop him. He basically told he told his opponent before his last fight, like, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take your back and I'm gonna choke you out. Guess what he did? Exactly that. You just can't stop him. Like, if you're that good at one thing, just freaking keep doing it like what was that guy in the UFC I can't remember his name now but he was like leg lock genius like that's all he ever did but it worked for him well Marcin Held right you're talking about Marcin Held no somebody was like no it's like somebody on tough you know it it wasn't like some great fighter or anything but like he only had one trick and like nobody can get out of it Uh, I know what you're talking about he's the 50-50 guy you know you're talking about it was Ryan what Uh yeah I don't know I can't remember now you made me forget shoot Oh man! But yeah, I mean, dude, this is—we live in a day and age of the sport where, where you just cannot be one-dimensional. You know, uh, you know, the one-trick pony just doesn't work. Eventually, the trick—the trick gets figured out. Mm, we'll see. You know, and, and, like, and yeah, Neiman, you're right. Neiman you know, gonna, biggest problem with you was just too loyal to her coach. She should have washed her hands and, and found her, found her another head coach. You know, maybe keep him on a, as a, a as you know your striking instructor if you felt uh, you know somebody to hit pads with, but you needed someone else to work game plans. 
I think when Rhonda knocked out Betch Correa, that was like the worst thing that could have possibly happened to her. She was like, yeah, I'm the best. <laughs> I am a striker now. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. It's just one of these things, man. You get, you're going to have to, you know, like like you said, you think that, that the, the best knockout was it? No. I, I think it was... She was always the one that was mentally strong, right? And it was just before mm-hmm. that, uh, when when she signed that contract for for the Holly Home fight, and and when she did that interview beforehand, and like literally like foretold how how that fight was gonna go, basically if if Holly were to win, it was man. Just, Sorry, I'm just like keep yeah. looking up at this person I was thinking. Was it Ryan Hall? Is that who I was talking about? I think that's yeah, who it was. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Hall. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. It's just one of these things right at this point. <laughs> what do you think about uh Jermaine Durandamy coming back finally? She's coming back to fight at one thirty five. I yes. thought she was done. I'm I didn't glad. think she was and, coming and back. Of course, you know, of course, you know, we have the trolls. We have the trolls. <laughs> you know, they, they, they got to come yeah. out and, and have something to say. Like, listen, it, no one has done what she's done. Nobody, right? But you all want to see the mm-hmm. negative side of it. I get it. You know, we fans, we want to see them fight at the end of the day. But is, is, is it any different from what George did, except he just walked away from the sport altogether? And he sat there and kept kept his mouth shut and kept his mouth shut and kept his mouth shut. And then finally, he was just like, you know, he was, said he was walking away just because he was sick of the the, the 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 drug abuse in the sport. Now, whether if that's one hundred percent true or not, but I mean, you know, he 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 did it in 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 a, in a weirder way when it all came down to it. But you can do. No one's ever done that before. No one's ever just sat there and said, you know, I'm not fighting her. She, you know, she, she, she's used drugs in, in the past and, and had the title stripped from her. We may think of that as a bad thing now, but who, who knows how we think about it, you know, 10, 20 years from now. I already say time's the, 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 the ultimate judge of everyone's actions. You know, I think we're going to see a whole lot of that moving forward, the, 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 the way, you know, the, the lay of the land of what's going on with mankind right now. So, take it as you want. <laughs> I mean, do do you think so negatively about it on her as as a lot of these the 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 general populace of uh, MMA Twitter? Like, obviously, we have. I, mean, I think there was another way to go about it. I think she should have still fought her yeah. one way or another. I don't think but, it didn't go you know, down. Make well, her jump through some sure. extra loops or something. Be be like, you know what? I want to. I want a blood isotope test. Mm-hmm. And for I mean, people who don't know what that is, the whole situation didn't is, go down is, right. Like the minute she happened? won the um, the minute she won the featherweight title, like immediately the way first of all the way she won it, I think was unfair. She had a bunch of you know punches after the bell and all that other stuff, but whatever. That's beside the point. And then immediately to call to just say like I'm gonna need time off. My hand is hurt. Like immediately, it's kind of like. Are you maybe you should have waited a little while to get that off your chest, but then like never coming back to defend the title 
the way the way down with uh, not wanting to fight Chris Cyborg and all this other stuff. And then, you know, going back down to Bantamweight and staying at number five for so long, even though she was, like, not fighting for a while. And now she's getting a fight with Raquel Pennington, which is pretty up there. I'm just surprised by the whole the, the whole situation. I'm glad she's back. I mean, I'm glad she's back. She, she she said she wasn't that happy with her career, the way it was going for a while, but she seems to be happy again. And if you want to fight, go for it, yeah. But also, you have to remember, she did have the, the, the hand issue, and it was an issue prior to, to, to her winning the title at other points in time in her career. And she is also a police officer, you know, and she's a police officer in the Netherlands. So it's not necessarily, a, you know, I, I think a whole thing about her being unhappy with her career is also, you know, I also think that she has other priorities in life. I think no matter what, no one can take that title from her. Regardless of how you felt about how the Holly Hoon fight went away or anything, she's won that title. It's done and over. You know, mm-hmm. she could she could walk away now. Mm-hmm. I, I can guarantee you from the conversation that we had with her, and she'd be happy with with the accomplishments in, 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 in her career, not only in Muay Thai but in MMA. Regardless of of what every Joe, Jane, and Paul has to think about it on social media, I'm happy she's back. Yeah. I mean, it, it seemed so, a little bit like she just wanted to win the title, and then that's it. Like you have it, you have the belt, and you keep it on your your shelf. You know, it's kind of like I, I think what it all. I think there's. I think there is, are people. She like had that. the injury. I she think, did. She did want want to. Um, you know. Uh, you know. Obviously, she ha- like I said, she she has a job, so they wanted her to to get right back in the training and 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 get ready to fight Chris Cyborg while her life was dictating her another way. Maybe she said, you know, maybe it's not something she kind of said or, or made public, but at least that's kind of my gut feeling from, from the conversations that me and her had in the past. She's told me that her job is very demanding and makes it hard for her to train. Like I said, she, I know she's not one to make excuses, so maybe that's the untold story here. We don't know. Maybe, maybe one of these days uh, someone can uh, sit down with her and we can kind of devil out it if that's what it was or wasn't. But I don't think it's going to happen anytime she's under under a UFC contract. Mm, true. Maybe one day. No, a few more minutes away, and we should be uh, hearing from uh, Scott Heckman, who, you know, since we're talking of retirement, you know, it's going to be interesting to talk to him because he was going to walk away at some point in time over the last few years and decided against it. I think it was. Uh, I think it was like a six or eight month retirement. <laughs> you know, one one of those uh, early MMA retirements that doesn't last long. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I I, I want to I'm was looking forward to talking to Scott. You know, he's uh he, he's been one of the the more uh you know uh. Underrated prospects in the air. I think he's one of the the best, you know, featherweights at least in in the upper northeast quadrant here. That that potentially could be signed uh, by by the UFC, you know, if not by year's end, by the beginning of the next year. He's, he's like a, uh, what was he like? I think he's twenty seven and seven or twenty seven eight, something like that. And he's on like a seven fight win streak, so not bad. And he beat uh, Ryan Cafaro's last time out too. You still there, Nikki? Yes, I'm still here. You can't hear me. Yep, here I am. No, you, Nick. Uh, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, there she is. 
Oh. <laughs> you sound like you're oh, a I'm like, don't drop me again. Last week, last time we had, were on, I don't know, my something's wrong with my Skype. I couldn't get on today. Last time we talked, it dropped me. I was like, what? Come on, I'm still here. <laughs> Hold out on It's anti-Nikki anti- this week. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird because like it worked for me fine like since we for like months and then like let. It's like two weeks ago, I tried to do well, on well, Skype, and it was like, you don't have to, you can't Nikki, make phone calls. you got to think about the weather, too, right? I mean, I don't think that should matter. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, it does. I don't know. In this day and age, really, when I don't you got, know. When you got heavy, you know, big, heavy rainstorms, it's going gonna, it's gonna to mess up the internet quality. You fading in and out there. I got my wires secured. My husband's electrician. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm still here. For now. Bum, bum, bum. But now. Yeah, and then I I, I got I got a doozy of a question for uh for, for Mr. Gagdano too. <laughs> Oh it's a rumor I heard, and I need to find find out if it's true, and then he's the only one that can debunk it. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys going to have your own little inside jokes? <laughs> well, it's not an inside joke. It's, it, it's a nasty, nasty rumor that I heard, and I just want to see if it's true, and he's the only one that can debunk it. I don't want to – I'm going to be as coy as possible, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to uh, – to know what I'm talking about. If he doesn't know, he doesn't know. And I know it's, it was just somebody saying some, some nonsense, but if not, holy crap, some people are freaking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll wait and see what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you know, out of all the fights that are that are coming up in the next year, in in, in, in the next year, what are you looking forward to? Are are, are you enjoying the James Vick um, Justin Gagey banter that's been coming on the social media and basically calling him uh, calling Justin Justin Homer Simpson? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. There is, I mean, I wish I I, I mean, it's not, I like them both. But I feel like Justin Gaethje needs a win. Like, I'm afraid that if he's, like, not going to get another win, he's going to get, like, he's either going to be out of the UFC or something. And I just, like, love watching him play. He's a crazy person. So I want him to get the win just so he, like, can kind of, like, kickstart his career again. But I also like James Vick, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, meh. I don't know. But I'm waiting to see what's going to happen with the New York card. So I'm hoping to get there for that, you know, add some more fights to that card. Yeah, we and got um, CES is going to be here um, Saturday or Sunday, is it going to be? What was that? Oh, CES, yeah. I said, I think, it, yeah, I think, uh, I think, yeah, CES is going to be here in Philly, I think it's like Saturday or Sunday. That's cool. Bellator is yeah. going to be in New York like two, two, two days, like, was it October 12th and 13th or something? And I'm going to be away that whole weekend. I'm like, oh. Like two events, like one was going to be at Mohegan Sun. That's usually when I go to the Bellator events at Mohegan Sun, and then they're coming like Nassau Coliseum. I want to say, I'm going to be in Mexico. <laughs> I mean, I'd much rather be in Mexico, but I was like, oh, of course, the, the freaking one weekend that uh, Bellator is coming to New York, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way the, it works, right? <laughs> I know. It's like, what are the odds of they're doing it like back to back? Because they never do like shows back to back like that, like Saturday and Sunday or whatever it is, Friday or Saturday. I think it's Friday, Saturday. Yeah, but yeah, they're like, also, they they're, they're, trying, they're trying to, 
but I, I like what, like I said, I like what Bellator is doing right now and, and PFL. Like, uh, I, you know, we've been saying a lot on here that, that I don't think uh, the general populace of MMA fans are, are giving these other promotions the, the credit they deserve. And we have uh, MMA Pro League, too. We're going to be doing stuff with them. I talked to Mark Tapia yeah, the other day. Yeah. He's going to email me with some on. stuff. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Tell him, Nikki. Tell him, Nikki. Tell him well, I told, I talked to him the other day, and we're going to, like, you know, we're going to collaborate on, like, putting out content and stuff like that. And he's going to give us tickets to give away. And hopefully I'm going to awesome. be covering the event. So, yeah. You I mean, he's, he's still going to email event. me. We're going to figure it. Yeah. I mean, I'm planning oh, on it. So. Look at that. I stuff. love Heckman. Scott's already called me. He beat me to call him. Look at that. Oh, there you go. We should call what's, Scott. What's going on, guys? Like, he even beat me calling him in today. Look at that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're with our so first punctual. guest of the evening. He is Scott the Animal Heckman. He's riding a seven-fight winning streak, and uh, he's already been one of the best unsigned pals on, on the East Coast. He's going to be vying for the Ring of Combat featherweight title coming up here shortly. Scott, how are we doing this evening, brother? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm doing great. great. We're being joined by uh, my co-host, Miss uh, Nicole Bosco, Nicole Scott, Scott Nicole. Hi, nice to meet you. How you doing? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, we, we uh, it's been a while, man. We, we uh, I was trying to get things set up uh, with you before when you were with uh, when you were fighting for um, for for Maverick MMA. You took some time off. You you. You, you had a you had a brief hiatus retirement. You come back. You uh, continue your your winning ways. You got this big fight coming up here. You know, uh, you know. First of all, what what prompted the retirement? Because you know, you know, it, it's not a, a common thing. We, you know, we see in MMA is guys retire, guys come back, and whatnot. But you know, what kind of prompted uh, that? What kind of set the fire to the return? You know what? I, to be honest, I was tired of the sport. I was tired of the politics of the sport. Um, it, it no longer became fun. It, it wasn't fun for me anymore. I competed all my life. Um, you know, when I was five years old, all the way up to college, D1 wrestling, and uh, it finally just took a took a toll on me, my family, and and um, I, I was ready to uh, put to put to bed. And um, you know, uh, it, another big thing is it took a lot of time from from my kids. You know, I have a I have a seven year old now and a three year old, and um, they they need their dad. And um, so I took some time away, uh, reorganized my time schedule, and um, you know, uh, was able to work things out. And ten months later, I'm back at it. Oh, man, I love it. Yeah, it's it's one of these things, man. Sometimes, uh, you know, kind of recharging the batteries, being able to to move some things around to make things work properly. I don't think people really un, uh, under uh, understand the the type of scheduling, you know, you you uh, combat sport athletes have. It's just it doesn't matter if it's if it's boxing, MMA, Muay Thai, wrestling, whatever. You guys have to sacrifice a lot family wise, and 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 not just family wise. You know, you know, there's a lot of other things that you guys sacrifice too to be able to chase this dream. The you know, regardless of if people think it's frivolous or whatever, you know, we all have things that drive us in life, regardless if it's MMA, regardless if it's other parts of sports or, or, or culture or whatever. But, you know, as long as it, that's the thing that, that lights you up every day and, 
you're not sacrificing too much with 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 uh, the family, especially the kids, man. I'm definitely with you on the kids. You know, you know, you know. Nicole's definitely with you on the kids, man. We uh, sometimes, mm-hmm. we, you know, we, we sacrifice time doing the show uh, to to be able to to not do things with, with our kids too. So you know, we, we know exactly what it is to an extent. Not as much as you guys, but it's important to be able to have that proper balance. Absolutely, man. It really is. It is, man. Like I, I, I like I don't just say that just just to say that. Like people, like I, I don't think anyone outside of you know the people who covered the guy, the 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 men and women who who were in the gym with you, who are working with you, your family, your friends. Outside of them, I honestly don't think they know, dude. I really don't. Like you know, you know, yeah. it's something that we talk about on nauseam on here, but it's just like <laughs> you might be beating a dead horse, but I'll continue to beat the dead horse until until they they finally stand up and recognize what you guys give up on a daily basis. It's, it's nuts. I, I don't think I would do it. I'm a little bit selfish when it comes to some of those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in our sport, we have to sacrifice so much. I mean, everything, our time schedule, especially having a family, is super important because you know, say if you miss a practice, you know. That that's tough. You can't like, you can't reschedule that missed practice. So you really have to be regimented and stick to a schedule and and you know sacrifice. It it comes to you know usually on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I don't see my kids at all. Um, I'll come home and if I'm lucky, if they're not taking a nap or something, I'll see them for 15, 20 minutes before I'm out the door from work, and then I'm I'm home at. You know, this is the earliest I'm home uh, all week. I'm usually out till 10 o'clock at night, you know, training. So um, it, everything is scheduled and uh, and just, you know, for a, especially for a full 8- to 10-week camp, it, it's, it's tough and you can't really divert from it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not – now, if uh... – you know, it's one of the things that the, the sacrifice, but but you know, the the other thing is is the reward on, on top of it. Now, you know, obviously you felt that the reward wasn't worth it, but you know, now that the times have changed, is it just that you were able to move some things around, or was there something else besides that that just said, you know what, I missed this? Did did, did you get the itch? Was that it? <laughs> I mean, absolutely, yeah, I definitely got the itch. But if you look at my career and look at all the dates I've fought. I have never taken a break. I mean, I'm fighting every two, three months. I mean, that's that's really not a break at all. And um, yeah. for the first time in my career, you know, when I said I was going to retire, I retired. I didn't step foot in a gym in months. You know, like I said, it, it was a 10-month span before I fought again. And I know it don't seem like a lot for a lot of people, but for, for somebody who's uh, constantly active, as I am, that's a long time. And um, that, that was enough for me to spend time with my family. Um, you know, I was building, building a house. I, I finished that. And uh, just, you know, I was able to restructure my life to, to better fit my family. So, um, you know, I sat down with my wife and said, I'm ready to get back into it. And she's been supporting me 100% ever since. That's another thing, too, with, like, maybe, like, people that aren't as, as much as fans, like, for a while, like, casual fans or something like that, they don't realize, like, how much goes into the sport. They're always, like, you know, ditching fighters on, you know, social media and stuff, being, like, they should fight they should fight more often or, like, why they need time off or this guy should step in for this guy, this guy should step in there. Like, everybody's got their things, but nobody really knows, like, how much of a toll it really takes on you and your family. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, people fight for different reasons. You know, they fight for family, they fight for the fame, they fight for money. You know, uh, right now I'm fighting for the fun of it. I mean, of course, everybody fights for money. There's no person I can say is going to fight for free. But I fight because, you know, I truly love the sport. I've competed all my life. And uh, if I retire again, you know, it's going to be because it's not fun anymore. What makes it fun for you? Is it the camaraderie with your teammates, the the thrill of competition? What's what's the what's the thing that makes it fun for you? I would say all of the above. I mean, I've met so many different people in so many different walks of life in this sport and and also in wrestling. I've I've played baseball, football. I've done you know all kinds of sport, but between wrestling and jiu-jitsu and, and just MMA in general, I've never met uh, more amazing people in my life, uh, a tight-knit group uh, of people that are always willing to give the, the shirt off their back. Um, you know, so when I go out there, I'm always thinking about those guys, and I, every time I win, you know, I'm winning for myself, but I'm winning for them. You know, it, it's nice to, to see a smile on their face or for them to – I guess kind of like brag about you a little bit, saying, you know, hey, I know Scott Heckman or I know this fighter. You know, it makes you feel good. Um, but, you know, I, I do it because I, I just love it, and, and they, they put the, the fuel in my eyes. Hey, man, whatever your driving force is, you know, like you said, some people it's the kids. Everyone has has their, their driving force, but, uh, you know, we talk about it so many times, but, Sometimes that you know having that force, that mental edge, that that that, that other reason outside of just one wanting to have your hand raised means all the difference in the world. You know we talk about it a lot on here the 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 mental side of the sport that no one talks about that that is just the invisible silent killer that we have in the cage. Yeah, I mean uh, just talking about the mental part that that's I think the toughest thing in in this sport because, you know, reiterating back to a time schedule of how much time you have to invest into the sport, um, mentally preparing for, for your next opponent, every single camp, you know, that's tough. That takes a, a grueling, you know, attribute to your, to your body mentally and physically. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. I, I love this sport and I love doing what I do. Hey man, it's, I love watching you guys. Regardless if it's at home, if it's at uh, if it's on media row, if it's in if it's in the uh, if it's in the stands with with my family, man. You know the 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 fun thing about this is uh, you know you guys get to entertain so many different levels of uh, on on so many different levels. And, and I've said this once, and I'll say it a thousand times. What makes this sport so special is. You, you fighters, the accessibility you give to your to your fans is unlike any other sport, and this is why I'm still here, man. You guys are are, are amazing people. You know, you don't have these 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 mega personas like 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 you see in other sports. I mean, we get them in MMA, but it's few and far between. Definitely. And what's awesome about this sport, you can't look back and say. Ten other guys messed up today. You're, you, you know, this sport has taught me to be self-motivated, 
because I'm going to be the one in the cage. I'm the one going to be competing. You know, that that's me, and, I, and I've wrestled all my life, and that's really, I guess, prepared me, you know, to, to become an MMA fighter. And, uh, you know, that is probably the most gratifying thing is that I wake up every morning and I, uh, you know, pep talk myself, tell, tell myself, hey, let's start the day. You got to get it in. September 21st is a big day. You can get my hand raised. Uh, so now the other side of that is, you know, you uh, you you also want to get this push for the UFC. You know, now you know obviously the 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 UFC is kind of the the mecca when when we talk about uh, big time MMA promotions. But you know, to be fair, is uh, you know they they've done a lot of uh, blackening their, their own eye over the last five year five years or so and. You know, maybe it's not the the greatest place for for these fighters anymore, mm-hmm. but it's still the biggest MMA promotion we have. They have the largest backing. They they, they still want to paint paying you know paying their fighters pretty respectable, especially when you get to the top end there. But you know, when you see you know what's going on with PFL and you have the fighters speaking, and man, maybe the viewership isn't quite there yet. Obviously, with the rebrand and everything, but from what I'm hearing from all the fighters, both winners and losers, is is they're blown away. So, is that still your dream? I mean, I, I mean, it's it, it, is is it the UFC or is it just you know is it the money? Is it is it is it you know trying to become the test yourself to really be see if you're you're the best 145 pound man on the planet? Most definitely, absolutely. I mean, uh... Let's be real. I mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about with these other promotions, uh, PFL, uh, Bellator. Um, you know, they're all coming up, but they're still behind um, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to, uh, I guess, the fighters they produce or put out. Um, I think that's huge. And my all-time goal is, is when I'm ready to retire, hey, I want to open up a gym. Um, so what's going to have a better name, you know, Hey, Scott Heckman came from PFL, or Scott Heckman is a fighter from the UFC. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, a lot of it has to do with marketing, and I, I think this is the best uh, company to, to get on platform-wise to promote yourself and uh, to get the fights that you need or you want. And, um, you, know, uh, you know, I think it's, a, it's still my dream, and it always will be, to be in the UFC. Do you think that now with, you know, Dana White Contender Series and, like, Dana White looking for a fight and stuff like that, like, these are the ways to get into the UFC now? Like, is, do you think it's harder than ever for someone to just get signed out of the blue? Like, you have to go through these channels to get in? Yes, uh, 100%. I think um, – so I, I've had a management when I first started my career, and then, uh, uh, you know, some personal things happened that we, we you know, we walked away. Not, no hard feelings. But – um. I start promote myself, do my own. I was my own manager, and you know, I I won. I believe it was nine out of was it eight. I forget, like eight or nine fights um, out of ten. And uh, you know, I would have thought I, I'd be in the UFC. And nowadays, fighters need to get into the contender, the Ultimate Fighter, have a management. So I'm trying to do everything possible uh, to to get myself out there and do all the right things um, 
in order to, to get in UFC. Because if one day it doesn't happen, I can honestly say I've tried everything possible. And uh, I feel like I'm do, taking all the right tools and going in uh, the right direction to do so. Another way is also short notice fights. Like if they're looking for somebody on, like you know, a quick notice, is that like something you keep in the back of your head too to like kind of stay near the the weight that you need to be at and stuff like that? Well, if you look at my uh, my fight record, I'm always active. So so yeah, I'm ready for short notice fights. Um, I've never missed weight in my career. Um, uh, we I mean we had a close one when I when I fought at 135 pounds, but. Um, uh, 145 pounds is a cakewalk for me. I usually make weight the day before actual weigh-in, so it's it's pretty easy for me. Because that seems like you know the way to get in. People they're always looking for somebody. Somebody always you know misses weight or something like that, or someone gets hurt within you know a month or two of the fight. You know, it seems to be. Especially like you have your name out there, like like you said, if you like have a fight coming up and you make like a spectacular finish or something like that, like you're kind of like staying on people's radar. So that's good to be active so often. Definitely, I agree. Hi, man. It's it's like I said. It's you know, UFC is is always going to be the mecca. I, I I always play devil's advocate and, and, and want to see what what other people think. You know, she she's made some some things with the short notice fights. Is there something you wouldn't do? Like like if they asked you to do contender series, would would you would you do that option if they say, hey, we're gonna set you up with, with a fight in LFA if you win that fight, we'll set. Or, or is it at this point in time, it's it's the contract or no? Um. Yeah, it's funny because I just had this conversation with with my dad not too long ago, and um, obviously I'm going to take any any uh, opportunity that I can get. Um, I think though at at my age or at that time right now, going on the tough show would probably be the toughest decision to, to either do or not not take. Um, just because being away from my family eight weeks. Uh, I do have a full-time job. I work for the union, so it would be tough to, to take a leave of absence for that. But um, doing something for the contender, that that would be 100% a go for me um, if a contract or a short-nosed fight didn't happen. That's, that's interesting that you mentioned that about tough because it, it kind of seems like it's, that's the roughest way into the UFC at this point. Like, it used to be like that was your golden ticket. You're on tough. You're basically in the UFC. But now it seems like that's the long road about like you have all, you have to go through all this of the filming and the being away from family and everything like that. But then on the other side, you, you get kind of like a, a bump in like fan base because everybody knows you, you're a recognizable person from being on the show. So it's like, it's like, mm, do I really want to do it? Or, you know, there's pluses and negatives about it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely plus and, and negatives on, on both aspects, but, um, I would just think the whole family thing for me, being away that long, it would just be tough. And, and just, you know, like I said, I have that full-time job, and uh, I just wouldn't want to jeopardize that, you know, just just to possibly have a chance. You know, I think the contender, the UFC did a great job by reamping or something with the UFC. They had to start something new, and the contender series, I think, has done wonders for them. 
Yeah, we were just talking about like how many people they've signed this summer so far, and they they actually had to let some people go because they, I I didn't expect them to sign so many people on almost like every show they're signing three four people, you know, fighters. It's a lot. Yeah, I saw two shows. I believe they signed five fighters, all five winners of of the fight. Yeah. I was blown away. But I mean, they did fantastic, you know, work. But it just blew me away because I know their their roster is pretty pretty deep in almost every weight class. And some people are getting like developmental contracts too, like not full contracts. It's like I I can't tell the difference between what they're doing for some people and the others. Like some people they brought back multiple times on Contender Series. You know, some people shouldn't have been on it at all. <laughs> you know. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. Yep. But. <laughs> I believe a lot of it has to do with management. You know, they're able to to get their fighters in there, um, and that helps. You know, helps a fighter. So that's why I signed with a manager, and uh, hopefully he's going to work his magic and and do what I have to, or do what he has to do to get me in. Now, you think uh, you know that that's something your your management can team. Your, your 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 management team can can accomplish for you. I mean, it, you know, we we talk about this all the time that that you know fight, fighters go through all these different processes on trying to 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 better their brand the best the best way, way way they can. And you know, some people don't don't want to pay the manager. Some people feel it's necessary. Some people you know some people do it, but they they they, they don't really feel like they're getting their money's worth out of it. What's your take on on that? Well, I think um, when I first started out, uh, I learned pretty quick uh, about the business with management and and their percentage and all that stuff. And uh, um, that's why I was able to manage myself for, I would say, three, three and a half years. And and I did pretty well. Um, But getting my name out there to the proper people, that is one thing that I I was lacking, I, I would say. And uh, my management company, my management team um, has the, the proper keys or proper uh, avenues to get to the people that need to, to get my name out there. And I think it's a plus. If you can hook up with the right team um, that's going to work for you and not for the money, then that is, that's great. That's, you know, you got a, got a head start of, uh, of the game, but um you know, I, I've seen positive things with, uh, you know, MMA uh, fighter management, and I, I like it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of really t- touched base with him. You know, I mean, obviously we've interviewed, you know, uh, some of uh, the management team's fighters on our own, but you know, he uh, he's definitely been been working hard, pushing pushing uh, uh, you, pu- pushing pushing Louis out there, and uh, you know, uh, you've been, been seeing you up there on. Uh, on flow combat and everything, so it's definitely it's definitely uh, good to, to to see uh you know some of the the, the tri-state area guys get the love. Yeah, I agree 100. percent I mean, Lewis, he he's a funny cat. You you'll like him. I think he's on tonight next, right? Uh, yeah, he is on tonight next. The the funny thing is the first the first MMA grappling tournament I ever took my kids to. The first person I see when I walked in the door was Louis. <laughs> really. I'll tell you what he he uh, he's an awesome dude. I've trained him plenty of times down in New Jersey, and uh, he, he, going back to to 
pro athletes and, and fighters that are, you know, big names and stuff. I, I always looked up to him. I've watched him fight plenty of times. And uh, the first time I met him, he was down to earth, willing to teach me and didn't care, you know, his, he, he didn't care who I was or, or any fighter. It was like a normal person. And uh, that, that's what makes us different from pro athletes and, and MMA fighters. You know, we're down to earth people at the end of the day. Hey man, there. I, I've said it a thousand times that even though MMA is like the, the this mean nasty sport, I have met some of the nicest, most sweetest, most unselfish people when it when it comes to 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 to, to MMA to grappling whatever. You know, everyone like uh, you know I, you know everyone like has this 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 thought about like Chris Cyborg. She's this big big mean nasty person. I, I you know I had the the unique opportunity to 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 be able to to see her on set at the Fight Valley movie that she did. Uh it completely changed my perception on who she was outside of the cage. I didn't think she was a mean nasty person, but she just blew away my expectations. She like, you know, just so welcoming to to everybody. You know, w- w- you know, it wasn't really like super accessible to everybody. But if she's seen something going on, she would interject herself in something. Like, uh, I don't know if it, you know, uh, it, you know, if people really see that side of her. So, and it's not just th- that. That was just one of the incidents. Incidents, like you know, uh, Jessica, I like she's done things for for my kids. So many people have done so selfless things, and it's not just me. Like I've seen things in other aspects of the sport that go on and it's just it just makes you proud to, to just be a little bit part of this this, this weird uh this weird uh, community that we have right well yeah jeff i mean what do people see they see your instagrams your facebook your twitters and, and what are you doing you're training you know you're you're going balls to the wall and you're going hard nobody sees the, the other side of, of a fighter of the family aspect of of what you do for your community and and stuff like that. So it's hard to decipher the two and, and uh, get that, I guess, mental picture out of your head of saying, oh, okay, Chris Cyborg, you know, she's just tough, tough chick that that's all she wants to do, beat people up. No, it's not true. <laughs> it's not. It really isn't. You know, she, like, I, like I said, like, like I had, I didn't have the, like this, this villainous expectation of her, but um I don't know if a lot of people remember this. Uh, when, when she was in the middle of shooting, there was a video coming out of her teaching a girl how to do, like, the spinning back kick on set. Okay. That was my daughter. It's at the time, like, she first – this is, like, as she first started training. And still to this day, anytime Chris fights, my daughter is she's, – she's, she's up and down. She's crazy. She's going nuts. She's screaming at the TV. It's – that – seeing how – that one one relationship changed her because before that, my daughter was a full blown Ronda Rousey fan that no one could no one could do any any right in her eyes but that but that woman, and it yeah. all changed that that one incident. Yes, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, I guess my uh, pivotal moment was when I trained with Dominic Cruz. Um, I flew out there, trained oh, with him for like five six awesome. weeks, but I was I was shell shock and. Uh, you know, he sat down, had a conversation with me, and, and like really broke down the fight game with me. He's he's a super intelligent guy, and uh, no egos. You know, and he's probably one of the hardest working dudes I've ever met in my whole entire life. And uh, you know, so I every anytime he fights, you know, that's that's probably my number one 
fighter that I, that I root for. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're talking about you're rooting for him. Shouldn't he be getting the next title shot, Scott? What do you think? I agree. I mean, the, unfortunately, he's always getting hurt, though. You know, he's yeah. yeah. I I hope you know the best for him, and I, I really want him to start having some good luck with injuries. But you know, he just keeps getting hurt with his hands, his groin, his knees. You know, everything. So I do think he needs the next title shot, though. He deserves it. So the Sahudo uh, Dillashaw talk is nonsense, right? What's that? The Cejudo Dillashaw talk is nonsense, then, right? I don't know. I mean, I would think so. Well, in I mean, your opinion, in your I, opinion, not in actuality, just in your opinion. Okay. Um, yes, I think right now it's too soon for him. Uh, the guy needs to develop a little more uh, striking. Um, his wrestling is excellent. I think he would beat Dylan Shaw with the, the striking or uh, the wrestling aspect. But um, I just think he needs to develop his on his feet a little more. What do you think? Um, I don't think Henry Cejudo should be talking about any type of, of super fight as he he hasn't defended his title at all. TJ. He has the body of work where he can make an argument for it, but you know, um, he, in my opinion, you know, he lost he lost the cruise. You know, it was a close fight. Yeah. It wasn't like you know he was he was badly embarrassed and knocked. I, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it, you know, beat beat Cruz, and no one can sit there and take it away from you. Just be like, all right, whatever you want. Yeah. I there's mean, just there's no crazy. need for them to fight each other. There's no need no, for it. Not yet. Like when Demetrius Johnson was the, the champion, nobody could beat him. Like you know, like oh, nobody can beat Mighty Mouse. So then yes, there was give him somebody who has a fighting chance against him. But now that's not the case anymore. Like they both both these divisions have plenty of contenders lining up. So yeah. why why take why take um the fights away from them to have two champions fight each other? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And what, was that fight going to be a catch weight, or was he going to come up to 35? He was going to go up, yeah. I actually thought he was going to go down. I heard TJ was going to go down. Oh. Really? Maybe. Mm. Yeah, but you might be right. But either way. That's like, what I was hearing. Someone's, I mean, yeah. someone's, losing, someone's getting two titles, and someone's having nothing. So, you know. There's <laughs> yeah, plenty of people waiting. Yeah, see that Dominic Cruz fight, the rematch, and, uh, you know, see what he can do. Have him defend the title against someone he lost to for the belt that took off almost a thousand days. Hey man, and then you get the other thing where where they're stripping their their champions before they can even get even get a chance to do anything. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a whole different thing, but right? Before before we uh, before we let you go, you know we're, we're about to uh, uh, you're you're about to vibe for this title. You're going to be going against real tough Bill Algio. You know he's another another one of these guys from the area. What do you think about the matchup? And then as we let you go, any you know uh, uh, anyone you want to give shout outs to social media, shoot out your sponsors. That's the, that's the time to be all yours, Scott. All right, awesome. Um, my outlook on this fight. I mean, I love the matchup. It's definitely a fight that has been uh, coming a long way coming. Um, I'm, we probably should have fought maybe two, three years ago, but everything works out for a reason. 
and I think this is uh, the most pivotal moment for both of us. Um, this could take either one of us to the next level uh, to the UFC. But um, I see the fight panning out, uh, him breaking in the second round. Um, he's going to come hard, striking, trying to keep everything on his feet. Uh, his striking is very good. Um, my head movement, my wrestling, my jiu-jitsu is just as good. So he's going to have to weather the storm. Um, I'm going to be relentless and, uh, you know, let's see what he can take. Um, you know, yeah, like I said, I'm predicting second round finish. I get Gonna be, it's gonna it's gonna be definitely a fun fight to watch. You guys, you guys are definitely gonna gonna light the place up. Um, again, Scott, before we uh, let you go, uh, anyone you would like to thank, shoot at your social media sites, any websites, charities you're working with, sponsors you may have, anything at all. The time is yeah. yours, my friend. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I just want to thank um, Ten Planet Finishers in Bethlehem. Um, uh, JM and Zach have been great. Um, Andy Main uh, at the Pure MMA, uh, the Main Brothers have been great. They're, they're my team as well. Um, for, for sponsors, uh, I want to do Sky's the Limit, Beth Hanover Supplies, um, the Hillis Group, Multi Sport Fitness, or uh, yeah, Multi Sport Fitness, and um, uh, what is it? Eight, uh, AFT um, Dog Training. Uh, they've always had my back and they've supported me throughout my whole entire career. So uh, thank you to you guys. Well, it's always, uh, always a pleasure to, uh, to, to catch up with these guys. And, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be, um, going to be fun uh, to, uh, to, to hear from you. Uh, uh, hopefully after a victory and hopefully uh, after, after you get that, that, that call from from the UFC. We'll see how everything plays out. So, uh, best of skill to you uh, against Bill, and uh, we'll, we'll hope to see you uh, again shortly. All right, guys. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, All right. Thank you very much. Good night. All right. Have a good one. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, we'll be joined by our final guest of the evening. He is flyweight, bantamweight, Mr. Louis Gagdano. Who is uh, looking to get get back on that trail to the UFC? He is riding a two fight winning streak and is moving up to bantamweight uh, uh, in his next fight. He's gonna be uh, he's gonna be fighting for that Ring of Combat title. Louis, how are we doing tonight, my friend? Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's definitely a pleasure. Definitely a long time coming. Glad uh, we can uh, hook up with your management and get this set up, man. Yeah, man, it should be fun. Yeah, you're. Uh, your your buddy Scott was giving you some glowing reviews too. <laughs> oh really? Uh, yeah, he had nothing nice, nothing but a nice thing to say about you. I, I don't know what he says about you behind your back, but at least us and you talking about. <laughs> uh, we tra- we trained together a couple times. You know, he's 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 been through, and you know, back in the day we went down to AMA one or two times. So yeah, he's a cool guy, man. And uh, you know, I've known Zach and uh, and um, you know the guys at Ten Planet, so. They're all good guys as well. Yeah, well, um, you know, it's it, it's good to be able to have have people, uh, you know, maybe not not necessarily in your weight class, but just you know, uh, people who, uh, who who are around you and involved with you who uh, who got nothing but nice things to say, man. Regardless, you know, uh, you see a lot of uh, cattiness in the sport sometimes, so it, it's good to to uh, to be able to see uh, 
somebody who doesn't really gain or lose anything by saying by saying nice things about you that has something nice to say. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And the funny thing is, the first time I met you, Lou, I don't know if you, I don't think you remember this, but um, my kids were going to their first grass blapping ceremony. It was, uh, I forget where it was in New Jersey. It was like, it was like almost like six, seven years ago now, but. Uh, you know, you're probably the first person I seen when I walked in. It was like I think it was uh, right after your your second fight in the UFC. But it was funny because uh, my my youngest daughter was like, "Who's the green guy?" I'm a green guy. What are you talking about? I didn't even notice it at first. She picked you out before I did. And uh, and it was funny because um, you know maybe you know she's asked about you because we used to train at um at over at uh, Daniel Gracie in Philly. We've kind of moved on from there since then, but. Uh, it was uh, it was interesting to see how th- how that dynamic with, with with my kids, considering we were training there, and you're probably one of the first fighters she met at, at a tournament. It was pretty funny. Right, right. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it must have been like an Inaga or something, right? Yeah, it was de- it was definitely Inaga. It was definitely Inaga, and you were uh, you were coaching the kids there, I think. Yeah, those are those those are always fun. You know, you get to see a bunch of people around the. Uh, around the fight game, jiu-jitsu game, you know, just people from different schools that you know, and, and especially watching some of these young kids come up, you know, it's kind of uh, kind of cool to see, you know, if these kids stick with it, you know, where where they're going to be in 10, 15 years. Hey, man, it's going to be uh... – it's going to be interesting. So, I mean, uh, you know, uh, same event. Um, it was uh, it was right after I started my podcast uh, we ran into Amanda Levy. And right around that time was when Ryan High School wouldn't let her wrestle. Now, anyone who's paid attention and knows who Amanda is, she's probably one of the best, uh, you know, uh, you know, 135, 145-pound female grapplers that we have it, up here in the, in the upper northeast quadrant. So it's going to be interesting to see how she plays out. Because I think she's uh, about to make her second amateur MMA fight, so it'll be interesting to see how she winds up developing too. Right. But now uh, there's something I gotta ask you. I, I've heard this nasty rumor. I want I want to see if you you could dispel this for me. If you don't want to comment or don't want to speak about it, you just say next, okay? <laughs> so okay. I you got some background, you know. I know some people from 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 uh, RGP, right? So I heard that that, that uh, do, before the fight to the Sodeco that there was a mole who was sending you information. Confirm or deny? Never, I've never heard that rumor. <laughs> I have no idea. So people are just getting mad talking crap. Okay, I got you. Hey, look, yeah, look, I'm no longer I mean, a part of that, but I just heard a rumor that something happened. That's why they threw a member out. I, I don't know if that was just an excuse for them to get rid of this guy or whatever, but I, it, it was something I heard. That's, I've heard crazy that's, things come out of that gym on, on several different levels. I just wanted to see if it was true, because if it was, it would be the funniest thing I've heard the first, in, in the past five years. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the first I'm hearing about the rumor, but I guess oh, they got to make something that's, up because it was a quick – it was a quick fight, so oh. they want an excuse then, maybe. I don't know. Oh, man. Well, uh, since then, me and, and the set fighter don't get along, and sometimes I do enjoy going back and watching that fight. Like, i got to be honest. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right, man. He's, he's, he's a, he's, he's a, he, he might be, you know, in cool with them, but, you know, as a human being, as a person, I, I just don't particularly care for that person. 
And now I can probably yeah. see why you guys were having words before. <laughs> yeah. But let's get off of that, man. I don't I don't want to stay on that too long. Um, you know, we, we got this fight coming up. Obviously, the road to the UFC is, is, is what we want. Is uh, you know, we're going through uh, a ring of combat. You know, you're you're going to be vying for the title there. Um, is uh, is ring of combat what you wanted to do? Is is there is there you know was there possibly you know uh, ideas of of maybe you know looking into uh, you know uh, LFA or or anything like that to to kind of uh, you know boost the the the, the UFC eyes there. Um. I mean, after my last after my last fight with CFFC, um, about two and a half years ago, a little bit less. Um, you know, they did the uh, they did the Ultimate Fighter show with um, with all the flyweights. You know, the champion to face Demetrius Johnson, and mm-hmm. uh, they basically they, they flew me out to Vegas. You know, um, you, you know they said they're, you're one of the finalists. Blah blah blah. So like five days before I'm supposed to leave, they're like, um, "You're uh, you're an alternate." So I was on the show before, so I knew the guy. I knew the guy Gary, who was uh, who was like one of the producers, and he's like, "Listen, man, I'm trying really hard to get you in. You know, somebody kind of messed up on the medicals. You know, they might make it in, they might make, they might not. You know, we just need you to fly out here just in case." And at the time, I had uh, you know, my daughter was, she was maybe. Seven and now she was eight. She was eight, and you know my son was two years old. And I was like, look, I can't leave on a Monday and say I might be back on a Saturday or I might be back in two months. You know, it's either a yes or a no. So, um, you know, they were like, we we really can't do that. You know, it's, you're going to be an alternate. We're not going to know anything for a couple of days. And then after that happened, you know, my son was diagnosed with autism, and uh, you know, I was just busy doing therapy with him and and trying to get him all mm-hmm. caught up with speed and all that stuff. And, you know, the cards just kind of fell into place. You know, he's doing good. They uh, they moved him up into regular class in, in his school, so he's not in the, uh, you know, in the ABA program anymore. And, um, you know, the opportunity just arose with Ring of Combat, and I jumped at it. So, and why, why did you move to 135? Is that just because it was the opportunity that presented itself, or was it like something that was always coming about that you wanted to move up and wait? Um, no, I'll go, I'll go back down to, to 25. It was just, um, you know, I, I like the matchup at 135, you know, Phil is, Phil's undefeated. I don't, I don't think his, his record is great. You know, I mean, who, who has he beat? If you add up the record, you know, his first fight, I think was uh, against Tommy. I, I can't remember his name, Espinosa maybe, who's five and one, but you know, he's a flyweight and, and he was fighting at 135. If you take that win away, you know his other opponents are like fourteen and fifteen. So, I mean, he's 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 an overrated six and zero. Oh, so I, I like the matchup. Hey, it man, seems this that is they're making be, uh, more opportunities at one thirty five though instead of one twenty five. Do you think that? There's going to be more opportunities, you said, or if there is. There could be there could be more opportunity at one thirty five. Just there in could general. Be if, if, yeah, if I like if I like the matchup, I mean, when you get to the when you get to the UFC level, some of those guys are freaking, you know, I fought John, uh, Johnny Bedford and, and Dustin Dustin Pegg, and those guys were like, they were going into the cage at like one sixty five, one seventy, 
you know, when I fight at 135, I'm probably going into the cage at 41, 42. So, you know, they got they got 25, 30 pounds. I mean, at that at that high level, that makes a difference. And especially now, yeah, man, see, with what just happened with Demetrius Johnson, like the 125 division's got like a new new life to it, kind of now. So, if you do make it back up to the UFC, there's plenty of more options than there was. You know, it was kind of like a feeding frenzy to Demetrius Johnson for a while. It's like, who's next? Who's next? But now. You know, it's bringing yeah, definitely, new life. It definitely, definitely breathes new life into the into the division. Um, you know, one of the things people were talking about was like, does DJ deserve an immediate rematch? I think, of course, he deserves an re- immediate rematch. But you know, there's talk that he's hurt his knee, his foot. So if he's going to be out for a while, it might be good to get some different matchups going in there. And then whenever he's healthy and he's ready to go, whether it's you know nine months or a year down the road. You know, don't hold up the division. Let the division move on. But obviously, you know, he can go in and and fight for the title, whether it's Henry or you know Benavidez fights him or Pettis, whatever the case may be. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he definitely deserves another shot. But kind of let the division move on. Yeah, I agree. If anybody just deserves an immediate rematch, it's him. But it's like kind of like you don't want to do that at this point because it's like the first time in how many years that like you know there's somebody new up there and you get extra shots and everything like that. And right. we were talking about this before about, you know, Henry Cejudo asking for TJ Dillashaw is like the dumbest thing ever because you finally have the life in this 125 division. Like why, why do the super fight? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, DJ, uh, TJ's got, uh, you know, a bunch of people at 135. You got Marlon, you got Cruz. Um, obviously Cody's out of the picture as long as TJ has the belt. I think it's going to be really hard to sell a third fight between them. You got a son, Sal. You know, you got my teammate, Jimmy Rivera. One or two wins, and he's right back there. So, you know, that top five, he's, he's, he's got a lot of people that he hasn't faced yet that, um, you know, their matchups could be interesting. It's a weird time in the sport where, where you know, you know, five years ago, we probably could have pr- predicted, you know, uh, uh, other matchups. And, you know, you know, we say, oh, well, well, this is the obvious choice, and this is the obvious choice. And nine times out of ten, it happened. But, you know, where we are in this this UFC MMA climate we live in now, you know, you'd be, uh, you know, you'd be better off uh, consulting the, the Magic 8-Ball or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it comes down to whatever fight's going to sell, you know what I mean? Whatever people are interested in. And it doesn't matter, you know, what you, what your record is, what your body of work is. I mean, CM Punk was on the pay-per-view portion of, you know, the, the last two UFCs that he did. It's 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 just who's going to move that needle, who's going to get the, the, the checks coming in, you know? Does that affect you personally, like the way you, you know, put yourself out there on social media or anything like that, knowing that, like, if your fight sells better, you're going to have a better shot of getting, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to be myself, you know, like that's one of the things when I was a ultimate fighter, I knew that, you know, my family's going to be watching this, my students, you know, my daughter one day is going to watch it. I don't want to act a jackass just to, you know, get, get camera time. You know, I'm just going to be myself. And I think I'm interesting enough and unique enough where, you know, people are going to want to pay attention and, my fighting style is, is, is entertaining enough as well where people are going to want to pay attention. I don't have to, you know, try to play a role. I'm just going to be myself. And, uh, you know, I think viewers are going to watch.
That's the one thing. We don't know what the viewers are going to watch anymore. You know, you see some of these uh, some of these fight cards, and like, all right, this is going to be great. And then you you, you wait a couple of days, and the numbers come in, and it, they they don't even sell like a hundred k. I'm like, holy crap! What yeah, is going on here? I think they said the Daniel Cormier one didn't even do a half a million. Yeah, so that was. I mean, how does that happen? I mean, if you you think about it, Stipe Miocic, which is arguably the, the the best UFC heavyweight champion that 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 they ever had. And Daniel Cormier is is freaking Daniel Cormier. I mean, I mean, he he was inches from from a, tit, a title shot before he dropped down to two hundred five. He he's an Olympic level uh, wrestler. He 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 completely took took uh, the Strike Force Heavyweight Tournament by storm, which everyone had had Fedor Eliminenko winning that prior prior to uh, uh, the, the first fight in that bracket. So, I mean, he's beaten everyone who's everyone. So, regardless if you don't like how Daniel Cormier goes about this or that, Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight title should have had a, a, a million buys. I don't care what anyone says. You, you want to sit yep. there and say that they're blamed? They don't, I don't care if they're not Conor McGregor. They don't need to be. Those are, are two of the most well-respected guys in the sport. And the fact that even your casuals didn't turn out to, to, to eat, to, even to just that fight, is is sickening to me. I, I don't know what to think about MMA fans anymore. I really don't. I don't know. I, I also think it's it's you know the day and age where you know illegal streams. It's so easy to watch a fight online now. You could you could do it on your phone. You could do it on on your iPad. I mean, sometimes I go on Facebook when the fights are going on, you know, to post something, and you can scroll through your newsfeed and somebody's posting the fights up if they're at you know like a Buffalo Wild Wings. So some of those casual fans who might buy the fight, they might be interested enough, but not enough to drop $65, you know, on the pay-per-view, and they'll just watch it online, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and the, the prices keep going I, up, I think and that's there's that's more things the, uh, to pay for now, too. too. Yeah, I think it's $65 now for uh, for the HD. Yeah. Yep, something like that, depending on where and, you're at. Yeah, and- and you need UFC Fight Pass. You got to pay for that too if you want to watch the prelims and like you know everything else like ESPN, ESPN Plus or whatever is going to be on and all this other stuff. Thing. And if you want to watch Bellator, you got to buy something else. Like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Wait, wait! I got to ask you, Louis. Did, did you see? Did you see the tickets for uh, Conor McGregor's return? Did you see the prices? Oh yeah, I saw the prices. Twenty five hundred for the floor seats. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, they might man. they might resell for like, you know, seven, eight thousand dollars. So it might be a good investment to, to buy some and, and scalp them. Yeah. But you don't know if you don't know if that fight's gonna happen. Anything can happen with Khabib, you know what I mean? He can get injured, True. he can not make weight. I I heard they're gonna have uh they wanna put Kevin Lee on the card as a backup. And I heard they're also gonna have another guy on standby for, uh, to make weight, too. Besides Kevin, right. you should have Tony Ferguson on on the card too. Tony Ferguson in. should should be the um the um the uh, vocal for, for the, what they did for um Stipe and Daniel Cormier, where where you have a guy weigh in, and if some, I think you should do that with all title fights. You should have a guy weigh they in. They should, for, yeah. for, And and for and if anything happens, that he he's the backup plan. If 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 he gets sick between between the time he weighs in and the time he's supposed to. Step into the case that, that you have a replacement. I mean, yes, it says card subject to change, but I don't think it should happen as often as it does in MMA. 
Well, especially these big cards. I mean, I don't know how stacked that card's going to be, but, you know, the people that are paying $2,500 for that floor seat, they're paying to see, you know, Khabib and Connor. And if it gets switched five days out, four days out, you know, that's not what they paid for. So they're going to want to see either Connor fight, you know, somebody like uh, Kevin Lee or, or Tony Ferguson or Khabib fight somebody like that. So if one of those big guys backs out, the other opponent has to stay on the card so you don't happen, you don't have what happened with uh, with Dan Henderson and uh, and uh, John Bones Jones where that whole card was scrapped, you know, eight days out from the pay-per-view. Yeah, could you imagine that it's happening? Not, imagine them just being like, you know, point blank period. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's it's crazy the 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 thing we live in the sport and and the, where 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 we're at. You have to do that, but also, you know, this is something that that I think the sport can kind of curb on itself by by just changing some of these wet weighing procedures of rules and stuff like that and maybe opening up a few more weight classes uh, in, in between some, some of these here or kind of moving around the weights that we're supposed to be at just to kind of situate a few things I think would probably go a long way into preventing some of these things that we've we're kind of been dealing with over the last few years. I definitely think they should have, you know, it should be 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, 75, 85, 95, 205. You know, just do it every, just do it every 10 pounds. I don't know about the 225 division because I don't know if you know it's going to be deep enough. It's going to hurt the light heavyweights. It's going to pull away from some of the smaller heavyweights. So maybe just keep that the way it is. But you know, if they open up a 65 pound weight class and move 70 up to 75, then you're going to have another champion. You know, another pay-per-view headliner. You could do more champion versus champion fights. You know, people can move around the weight classes a little bit more, which is what it seems like they want to do a lot. So I think it's good for the fighters and it's good for the UFC, you know, business-wise. Hey, man, it's uh, <laughs> it's just a, it's just a crazy time to be involved in this sport right now. I mean, isn't it? I mean, uh. I still don't think like guys like you, where where I mean it's kind of obvious you, you you know with, with uh, you know needing uh, you know star power in some of these lower weight classes you know the same thing you know uh, you know with guys like Scott you, you you guys shouldn't be having to take these these regional fights with with you know the notoriety you guys have the the body of work that you guys have you got you know and the same thing I said about um um. Nick Newell. Nick Newell shouldn't have had to have gone through the Dana White Contender Series you know, uh, to, to, to to be in the UFC. He should just flat out be in the UFC. The fact that they're marketing guys like 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 uh, Hardy over a guy like Nick Newell is is actually disgusting. The fact that you know, granted, you know, uh, you know, you you, you know, you're uh, you haven't had as many fights as Scott um, as far as your body work goes, but you've already been there. You you've won titles uh, uh, outside of uh, of the UFC. You should be there. Guys like Scott should be there. Guys like Nick should be there. I mean, I'm not the one to sit there and say no one should get a second chance. But I just don't think a guy like Greg Hardy should be getting the push over a guy like like Nick or even some of these other guys that are coming off of that Contender Series show that should be getting the push. You know, we just had like a guy like a uh, Sudik Yusuf. He he's been there. He he's he, he he's fighting Shogun fights. He fought it. 
at Cage Fury. You know, I, to me, you know, just the, you know, by being a Lloyd Irvin product, he probably shouldn't have had to have gone to it, but he's still not getting a push, and he's one of the, I think, the better products that are coming out of it. It's just, it's weird with how they're going about moving things forward uh, since the, uh, since Zufa uh, sold, sold uh, the UFC. It's just strange to me. Well, we all know why, why Greg Hardy's getting the push he is. It's because, you know, people know his name and people are going to tune in and they're going to watch. You know, Dana said a, a couple of years ago, you know, there's one thing you don't come back from, that's from, you know, when you hit a woman. And then fast forward to now, and, uh, you know, they're they're pushing Greg Hardy and, you know, people deserve a second chance. You know, he changes his tone because he knows that people are going to tune in. They're going to, you know, they're going to purchase a uh, fight pass to watch Greg Hardy fight or if they put him on a pay-per-view show, they're going to purchase that to watch him fight. Some people are fans, so they're going to want to watch him fight to win. And then some people are like, well, you know, this guy hit a girl. I hope he, you know, gets his ass knocked out. And they're still going to pay to watch him to fight. So it's a win-win for the UFC. And that's, it, I mean, it's still the, the, the place to be, but it's just, you know, there's some things that are just, it's rough to, to deal with parts of it, you know, but, you know. I, I, you know, I just hope guys like you who, who deserve to be there, you, hopefully you don't have to waste most of your, your athletic prime waiting for them to kind of realize that, that you know, they probably uh, cut the axe a little bit soon. You're an exciting guy to watch, but, but before, even, even before you came back on the regional scene and, and won, the, and won the, the CFFC title, and now you're going to be vying for, for another one. I just, you know, you know and, and not just you, like, like look at what, um, what uh, Sean Santel is going through. The guy is literally fighting all over this freaking place that we call the planet Earth to, to get to that fight. And sometimes I think, you know, I, you know, as much as I don't don't want to see anyone give up on their dream, I just think that he should just go somewhere else where he's going to be appreciated. To be honest. Well, I mean, you don't, you never know what, uh, you know, what the UFC's thinking or why they do certain things they do, but. You know, I think, um, you know, after my last fight in ring combat, when I won the flyweight belt, you know, I got the call to uh, to do the ultimate fighter. So, I mean, I know that Lou puts on, you know, good matchups and exciting fights. And, you know, somebody that comes from ring of combat that, you know, 8-2 and two will get in the UFC before somebody who's, you know, 14-1 and one that fights in another organization because, you know, Lou puts on good fights, you know, and... Uh, you know, good matchups that the UFC sees that you fought good people. And um, I think he has over 140, you know, fighters that have fought in the ring of combat that fought in the UFC. I don't know if it's the yeah. highest in the U.S., but I know it's more think I think, it, I think, it, I think a ring of combat is. I mean, you can make some case because I think there was a lot of guys that went for uh, King of the Cage, too, back in the day. But um, Right. I mean, even if you look at the last year, um, I think L- uh, uh, LFA has sent, um, I think, 18 guys to uh, the uh, the um, Dana White Contender Series, and 16 of them either got con- contracts or got developmental deals. That's impressive, right. too. Right. But, I mean, so, I mean been for, what, 15 years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 
so you can't sleep on Ring I don't of know Honda. I think recently, it's a, but I think it's the one promotion that kind of gets lost in the shuffle when, when we're talking about uh, the 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 amount of of talent that was that was taken out of that out of that thing. I mean, everyone from Chris Weidman to to freaking uh, Uriah Hall. I mean, I mean the guys that have gone through that, that Ring of Combat is just nuts. And even like you know, and, and we were just talking about Cage Crew. They, you know, they got the, they got their fair share in there too. But I, I still think Ring of Combat just a a couple notches above that. Just been there a little bit longer. Yeah, definitely. They've been they've been doing it for a long time. And even back when, you know, I first fought for Ring of Combat, you know, I think they had they were at like sixty, and that was maybe eight years ago. You know, seven eight years ago. So. Obviously, that number's gone up a lot, you know, and, like, uh, you know, Julio fought free in combat, you know, he's in the UFC now and stuff, so I just think it's a, it's a good matchup and, you know, beating a undefeated prospect and, you know, moving up a weight class to do it and fighting and getting the ring of combat championship, you know, it's just making it easy. Yeah, so uh, it, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see over the next few years, uh, you know, which of these uh, regional or developmental promotions push out the most talent. It's, uh, I, I mean, it, it, to me it's fun because I enjoy watching these guys before before they get there, before they become, you know, uh, the next Conor McGregor or the next Ronda Rousey or the next Chris Sarber, whoever whoever you want to say it is. But it's always fun to watch you guys on the regional scene more than it is you know, when when you get to these bigger shows, because we get to see you more in the regional scene then. <laughs> it's just kind of a selfish yeah. thing, I guess. <laughs> but here's one thing I want to ask you before, you know, we are in the overtime period, so, so you know, anyone who, who is listening, they're going to have to come back archives and listen to this part of it. But, you know, as, as we're, you know, let's say we get the call, you're back in the UFC, and you know, there's a is there a destination that you want to fight before you before you retire, as as a member of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, with, with as much as they are a, a global promotion and they're fighting all over the world. You know, they're fighting in the United States even less and less. What is what is the place that you would like to see them uh, see them go and where if you were on the if, if you were to kind of pick the location of where you would go fight, where would you go? Um, part of me would say, like, Japan, even though it would be a pain in the ass, just because, uh, you know, the culture over there and MMA has been such a big part. But I really would want to fight, you know, I, I know they were talking about it, going to Puerto Rico, and they haven't done it yet. And, you know, the the, country, the Commonwealth over there isn't doing too well with, the, you know, the economy and after the hurricane. But if they did a show in Puerto Rico, I would love to be on that one. Yeah, I th- I think there's a there's a lot of guys that would and I I think being everything that that has gone on and you know we're finally starting to see that they're getting power back. I think once you get a, a full level of uh, normalcy over there, I really I, I'm with you on that one. I think uh, I I think that that the UFC should should go there and kind of you know uh, you know they they've done like fight for the troop type things that. You know, let's do a rebuild it for Puerto Rico or something because I'm sure there's a right. lot of fighters on that roster that not just yourself but others that would like to uh, like to do something. Yeah, so you know maybe a portion of the ticket sales go 
goes to, you know, you know, helping keep the electricity on or, or getting clean water or whatever the case may be. Like you said, they, they've done the fight for the troops and stuff, so it would be awesome if they could do something like that as well. You know, especially because we have this perception that, you know, uh, America doesn't care about Puerto Rico. And I think, uh, you know, you know, while parts of that, you know, some people feel that's true, I still think there's parts of, 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 uh, of this country where, you know, they feel that we're, despite that aspect that they're more that Puerto Rico is more part of the United States than people realize. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But as we get ready to, to wrap this up, Lewis, um, you know, we typically kind of throw the proverbial microphone over to you. Anyone you would like to thank teammates, shoot out your social media sites, uh, any charities you might, might be working with sponsors you may have. The time is yours, my friend. All right, cool. Um, yeah, my uh, my Twitter, my Instagram, it's uh, Luke Alano UFC. Um, obviously, want to thank all my teammates. You know, my main training partners. Uh, you know, Jimmy, Julio, um, you know, uh, Danny Ramirez, uh, one of my students I used to train, who's now an amateur fighter. You know, he's been pushing me along for this fight camp. All my coaches. You know, Tiger Shulman has always been there for me, and uh, you know, supported me in in wanting this fight because it's a fight that I wanted. And, uh, you know, just uh, tag your fight here. Um, Eat Clean Bro, Nutribio, uh, Get Ounce Water, you know, a couple of new sponsors that uh, they're helping me out for this fight. Uh, it's, it's always good to have good good help uh, uh, in your corner. Uh, Nicole, anything you want to add before we uh, close things up and let Louie go? No, nothing to add. Just we'll let him go, I guess. Kept him long enough. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on with us. <laughs> Oh, my pleasure, guys. All right, Lou. Uh, appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, you get the result uh, that, that you want uh, with this uh, upcoming fight, as I tell all, all, all my guests. You know, best of skill to you. And, uh, you know, hopefully you get that call. Again, you know, I stand by what I said. I don't think you should be having these fights to get back in there. They need uh, they need people uh, who are exciting and, and uh, can capture the, uh, the imagination of, of the fans out there. You know, you, Scott, you know, a lot of the other guys that I named tonight, you know, sh- should be in there. But either way, win, win lose, or draw, preferably a win we, uh, for, for you, Louie. Uh, we'll see you back here at some point in time. Definitely uh, definitely looking forward to linking back up with you and having some more conversations. Yeah, man, sounds good. After uh, after I get this bells and I get the call back to UFC, we'll definitely talk again. Looking forward to my man. Best of skill. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully you guys both get out of their injury career. I think that's the most important part. People kind of <laughs> let that thing uh, slide from it. But you guys, uh, you guys, uh, brutal training, brutal stuff goes on inside of that cage. Wish you the best and, and, and keep it going. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Good you night. You too, brother. Good night. All right, everyone. That was Louis Louis Gagdano again. You know, buying to get back there in the UFC. Another fun episode. You know, not sure what happened to Josette. You know, it was. Uh, I guess it was. I was. Uh, I was pushing it, trying to get her on here. Uh, the day, the the night of weigh-ins, she weighed in earlier. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I never got back to her. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll try to get her on again here in the future. But uh, Scott Heckman and, and Louis Gagdano definitely uh, delivered tonight. And uh, other than that, I guess. Uh, 
you know, uh, we'll be back next week. I know Nikki, uh, Nikki's already got a surprise for us in, 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 in the, uh, the next few episodes with, uh, another, uh, New York MMA fighter. So, uh, keep, uh, <laughs> keep your eye out for, for the announcements. We'll, uh, we'll continue to, 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 to be having fun here in cage side submissions, uh, on Wednesday nights, me and Nikki are going to kind of debate over the next few weeks if, uh, if this is where we're going to stay or not for the time being. Our home is Wednesday night. We'll see you next Wednesday, and everyone, uh, you know, uh, you know, enjoy the rest of your your evening. Make sure you're 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 coming back and listening to the shows. Show, showing love to to, to both Kate Sasser Missions, to me, and and Nicole on on all social media platforms. Other than that, episode one thirty eight in the books. I'm Steve. She's Nicole. This is another episode of Kate Sasser Missions. Catch you guys later. Yeah, hey everybody. This is MMA Fight Music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Cage Side Submission with Steve Reichel and Rachel Blaze. This is a call to all. You know it's Mikey Ruckus, and I'm busting through the door. Bring it to the ceiling, and I'm opening up the floor. Make you split your head when you bang against the wall. Blaze and full fury from a sight unseen. Flipping on the podcast, six or time three. Throwing up a jump for a greeting frenzy. It's a talking festival, waters of this every sea. Time to lay the smack down, lay it on your back now. Focus on that moment when you blast it into round town. Competition tries to stay up on the last round. But we still a finish, and we soaking up the live crowd. Turn it up loud, and they get all proud. Anyone who brought up, can we leave them all up in the ground? Down low, cause it's hanging all up in the cloud. Hey, try some bitches, gonna hit you like blow, blow, blow. So listen up, so let you wow, what you wow. It's MMA, way more than power. The power can be seen. Turn up the volume, you lacking this, I don't like game, and I just solve your problem. Hey, try some bitches, and what you all been missing. All the latest news and interviews, come and give a listen. Steven breaks her high and low to give you something different. Get up on the fence and changing up your disposition. UFC and Bellator are yet to fix the fight. You're not in the conversation, get your game tight. Just make sure with the line is green, you don't get paid right. Every Thursday night, we're making the camera paint up on your flight. What you calling the sub? Oh, we'll be knocking you down. Facing the sound, with the ground to pound. With the blood on the hand, with the kick in the crowd. When the calls are unbound, and your voice is profound. And we game to a sound, it's world ring. Now. Go, go, Steven Rachel Go, go, Steven Rachel